0: You wanna know why you're all fucked up? What is nothing? Hey, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. To that to Deep bro. Thank you for downloading uh, this episode. I got a lot of stuff to get into. I got some really great emails from you guys. So uh, very exciting. But before that, let's do some business. First things fucking first. I'm uh, touring and uh, where am I going? February 2nd and 3rd, Salt Lake City, Utah, Wise Guys Comedy Club. Tickets are moving pretty quickly on that one. So if you guys want to go, now's the time to buy your damn tickets. Okay. February twenty third, Calusa Casino in Calusa, California. Uh, March thirtieth and thirty first, Portland, Oregon. Oregon at the uh, Helium Comedy Club. So that's it for now. Tickets at Christina P Online. I'm going to be adding some more stuff here as we as we roll along in this quarter. But you know, you got it's the agents, you got schedules, all kinds of stuff in the mix that I will get into in a moment uh but thank you guys so much those of you who do support my live comedy career i really appreciate it uh amazon banner you know about that do your shopping there all right let's get into it let's go mommies let's go bros all right let's go let's go where's my song here it is i cued that shit up already shit I never have the patience to go through a whole song, right? Who does? I love that song, though. I love it. I feel like in England, they have much more of a class divide uh, happening that's very apparent. There's a great documentary series called the Seven Up series, um, the premise being on Erasmus, where, you know, you show me the kid at seven, I'll show you the man. And uh, so they follow this group of of um, English kids kids essentially from the age of seven and then every seven years they revisit them to see if in fact it's true that um you know your class and and kind of how you're born into this world if that's going to you know if that's going to determine the course of your existence and uh i believe gosh now i think the next one will come out in a couple of years but they started in in the 1960s somewhere so And, uh, interestingly enough, I think there was like one or two of them that kind of transcended their class. Um, you know, meaning like one guy was raised on a farm and was just brilliant. I think he's a physicist or something. And he, um, you know, he ended up being a professor and, uh, and, and, you know, getting married, ultimately divorced, having a kid, did he have a kid? I don't remember. Uh but yeah, a couple people did. And then a couple people who you'd think, gosh, aren't they aren't they just set up with their lives? Yep, turned out they were. <laughs> turned out that uh the rich stay rich. Uh but however there was one kid who was very yeah, did grew up in the a poor part of London and and he ended up ending up being a pretty good, you know, upper middle class whatever existence and uh, a more or less happy marriage, etc. It's very fascinating. The Seven up series it used to be on netflix i don 't know if it 's still there it 's uh, but it comes out in in like theaters every seven years and it 's like my absolute favorite thing. Tom and I have been into it since we started dating back in like oh five or some shit so fascinating. Uh, so, okay, big news, guys. I've been keeping this one under wraps, which is partially why, um, I haven't been videoing for the last few months. I am pregnant with my second child. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Applause, 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 uh, to quote Annie Potts from Pretty in Pink. And, I am now off, oh God, almost, almost four months pregnant. But as you know, you know, especially at my age, you don't really want to let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, until things have kind of really gelled and solidified. So we are well into now, we're, we're in the second trimester and, um, it's, it's been hard to hide because, um, for those of you that are second time moms, you know that, uh, Jeez, you start showing real fast. I, mean, I, I think I, I literally peed on the stick and was like, oh, I can't fit into anything. I think I, like I bought maternity pants, I think week five of this pregnancy. So I haven't been able to wear anything. And I look like dog, the bounty hunter's wife. My cans are just fucking enormous and it's, uh, it's not easy to conceal. So, and also, I didn't, I, right now, I'm just too, too lazy, too tired to put makeup on and put myself on the internet right now more than once a week, what I do with your mom's house. But um, at some point, I will resume doing the video component. I know a few of you uh, were asking about that. So yes, good news. It's a boy, and uh, I'm going to have two dudes just tearing up this house, <laughs> shredding it just shredding it it's uh but i like it i like the chaos of boys i enjoy it my son just fucking painted my white walls with uh my lipstick a couple days ago we talked about it on your mom's house this week uh (laughs) i like it i don't know why i make the problem with being a comedian and being a mother is that i laugh at a lot of stuff i'm probably supposed to discipline uh I don't know how that, that... My stepsister's been telling me that once they go to school, that will end. Because you're going you're gonna to get an ass load from the teachers complaining that your son likes to uh, say the word fart and give the thumbs up every time he does. or You know, I, I, I got to be careful. I got to be careful, right? <laughs> but it's too much fun. It's too much fun. I encourage the rascally behavior. Cause you know what, kids? It's only money. Who gives a shit? Let the marker up your walls, right? No, I'm just kidding. I cleaned it. Come on, I'm not a fucking asshole. But uh, but yeah. So that's it. And latest development. Um, it's exciting. It's terrifying. It's uh, <laughs> I didn't. I know what it is too. I, I grew up an only child, and uh, especially now as my parents are aging and uh, everyone's dying. I got I got four parents. I got step parents. I got. Biological parents, everyone's fucking dropping dead. And when you're an only child, it's such a bummer to deal with when when someone dies. It's like, fuck, or just taking care of the oldies. So, you know, I wanted my kid to have a sibling. I just I feel like uh to have some somebody in this world that you're kind of uh connected to. And I know it's not always the case. Siblings are not always BFFs. I like, I mean i don't know i I guess that just happens i don't know how how does that happen how does it happen that you're created in the same uterus and the same you know dna just in different formulation and you guys are just not you're not bros but well hopefully mine will be like the uh you know there'll be two little fucking thugs tearing it up together and it'll be awesome but we'll see oh we'll see so there's that guys and uh I was sick this week for the first time, like really sick where I had to actually lay in bed, uh, you know, cause your pregnancy, it lowers your immune system. And I don't know if you know this about me, but, uh, I see getting flus and colds as kind of a personal weakness. Um, I resent them. I don't get sick generally. I'm, I fight, I fight germs with my mind. I fight them with my Eastern European uh, superior genetic makeup, my cockroach DNA, my resilient World War II fleeing communism battling, uh, you know, constitution. My grandmother walked on foot, uh, you know, five months pregnant, walked from Germany to Hungary to flee the Nazis in the 40s. So I'm fucking, you know what I mean? I'm sturdy stock, yo. So when I go down, whew, it's, I don't like it psychologically. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like to, I, can't, I don't, I've never laid down the whole day. Even when I was first trimester, man, you know, feeling sick as a dog, I was still like doing stuff. I can't, I don't like, to, I don't like being unproductive like that for too long. But anyways, it gave me a chance to watch a lot of quality television. Uh, I've been into this Korean soap opera. On Netflix I mentioned it last week Uh, It's a lazy translation I'm sure in Korean The show is called uh, Hello My Twenties (laughs) It's so fucking lazy Like I'm sure that's not The Korean uh, Phrase But some lazy shit You know It it literally translates to Hello My Twenties You know that that's not really a f an English uh you know phrase. People don't say, hello, my twenties. You know, it might be something like, uh, your twenties are tough, or hey, are that twenties life. How about that? But it's just so it's so lazy. It really bothers me when they do that. Because, you know, I've been fascinated with Korean culture since I visited Seoul like a million years ago. And I've been dying to find a soap opera that's got subtitles, so I can see what these people are talking about, because it looks so dramatic and it looks so fun, and the women are so beautiful, and it's such high drama, and like I, I want to know what A-ah-ah! means what is that? What is A-ah-ah! What is that possibly saying to some? It doesn't even sound uh, like words, but it, it those are words, and, uh, and now I fucking know now I know I ah, could be like, no, it's not. Or clean up the clean up your beer cans. So, uh, so hello, my twenties, you know, on the surface is like this corny girl show and now it's gotten, I'm like six episodes deep and it's so dark and it's so rad. It's dark and light you know like the girls have crushes they're trying to date and then one of the girls two of the girls have like these horrendous storylines we were like fuck poor kids like they're just kids and they're all you know hello my 20s that's what it is that's what it's about but what i'm really i'm just so blown away by i was watching these uh, little little children is that the girls are um the women are just stunning korean women are stunning but the boys The boys are beautiful. I mean, talk about cheekbones for days. They're all fucking, they take their shirts off and they're all swole like, uh, swole like the kids say, swole like Bruce Lee. They all look fucking like just gorgeous boys. Big lips, beautiful, full lips. Like they're all so handsome. And I'm like, why are we doing the boy band with Americans or English? Like, let's go to Korea and bring over like these gorgeous boys and have them singing and dancing. Cause my goodness. And a couple of these girls on the, uh, on the episodes there, they got really cute boyfriends. I was like, get your life. Why, why weren't I dating? I should have been dating Korean guys, man. Uh, but, um, yeah. So hello, my twenties, check that out. If you're, if you're, the problem is too, is I really love Korean food. And so I watch these episodes and I'm just like, the whole time, man, I'm on fucking Postmates uh, to my local Korean place, just ordering some sundobu and some bibimbap and some kalbi. I'm like, dude, get that over here. Cause I see you guys eating this shit on the show and they're fucking, they're eating like the real deal, you know, like real kimchi. Oh man. It's all so good. It's just so upsetting. I've literally ordered, and I'm not even exaggerating. I have ordered Korean food while watching Hello, My Twenties four times this week. Four times. Because I'm congested, so that hot soup is like the most perfect thing. My husband went to the comedy store the other night, and I'm sitting there in the kitchen, uh, you know, with my laptop open watching the show and, and eating Korean soup. And he's like, What is happening? What has happened to you? that's how they say is that hello i'm turning korean oh i love it i just love it so you know and it it is true though because i was like what what are they doing why are their mannerisms it's not that different than every every human's got the same struggle at the end of the day you want to be loved you want to be accepted you want friends you want success you know you, you you're vulnerable They don't laugh as much. I've noticed that. Maybe it's just this particular show. The girls are definitely not as, like, giddy and uh, overly, retardedly friendly. Oh, shit, I said the R word. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, boy. I said the R word, guys. (sighs) Fuck, what am I going to do? All right, save your emails. Uh but yeah, the girls are not as overly friendly as uh, as Americans, you know, because Americans were just donkeys really to like, I, I think anyway, at least Eastern blockers see us as complete um, idiot donkeys. Like, hi, I'm Christina. Nice to meet you. And <laughs> like, I remember my stepmother, um, she's Hungarian and we'd go out for dinner and she would just have so much disdain for the hostesses that would greet you like, hi, welcome to Tony Roma's. How are we doing tonight? she's like, why are you talking to me like this? I don't know you. I don't, I don't like you. Like they're so, it's so different, you know? And then I remember, um, she really hated the phrase when the waiter would come and be like, you folks, are you folks done? How are you folks doing? And she's like, folks, what is folks? Or, um, when the waiter would be like, you guys, are you still working here? (laughs) She'd be like, working here. What's working on the food? Which I kind of agree with. I've never liked the idea of somebody working on a plate of food, as as if to imply it's a laborious, uh, joyless, and like necessary task. You know, I got to finish these tacos. I got to get into this rack of ribs. I got to work to complete this mission, like no, you're just eating fatty. Just take it home. Oh, and also Europeans think it's disgusting to take home things. Doggy bags, get your life. I remember my parents when they would ask uh, when we go to restaurants, "You want me to box that up?" They were like, "God, no! What are we poor? <laughs> Who takes home restaurant food? That is disgusting." And even kind of to this day I, I'm, I still carry that attitude Not the disdain of you being a poor person But it's just kind of yucky to me To eat like restaurant food the next day I don't know I just don't like it as much You know you don't even know It, it doesn't seem fresh Like I'm, I'm very weird about that though like, Come on you guys know I'm an a I got all kinds of shit going on Alright I gotta pee Hold on I'm pregnant Alright I'm back Enough of that uh, so I also got into this other show called, uh, this is us, which is a network show. And I don't really get into those shows. I always find them to be kind of corny, but man, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Um, interesting storylines. Anyway, it got me thinking pertinent to this show. Apropos our conversation. Uh, there's a character on the show. This is us. There's two characters that got me thinking one of them. Uh, she's a very overweight girl and her storyline is about her tackling her weight issue. And um, it's interesting because she, she goes to these Weight Watchers or these, you know, I'm, I'm assuming like an Overeaters Anonymous sort of class and they, meeting, rather meeting. And, um, you know, they talk about their, their triggers and why they're doing stuff, which is fantastic. She's in like a supportive environment. And she meets um, a guy and they're both pretty good working together, losing weight. But as you know, uh, it's an addiction of this food addiction she has. And when you're in AA, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. I've never done it, but I know that they don't encourage people to date while in AA, probably for the same reason in this show. Um, because you, you hook up with somebody and you're on a path of self-improvement and then that other person might have their own backslide and like, so her, her BF lost eight pounds, and she's really slow to lose weight for whatever reason. She's doing what she should be doing, but it's not working as well. And they're in a restaurant, and he's like, fuck it. I'm off the program. Fuck the points, to quote Joey Diaz, right? He's off the points, man. He's, he's free-falling. He's doing you know chocolate brownies, Sundays and, uh, and pasta with cream sauces. And she's out with, uh, out to dinner with him eating her fucking bullshit salads just like suffering which you know if you've ever dieted you don't have to do like the the horrible salads there's other 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 diets uh for instance when I lost my baby weight I did the primal diet just so you guys know that's you can eat meat and vegetables but anyways so she's suffering and um she's trying to get thin and she dumps the boyfriend she gets back together with him because he's you know in his addiction and now she wants to do gastric bypass. That's her storyline. And um, along the way, another character says to her, you know what you're afraid of is that you're going to get skinny, you're going to get everything you want, and you're still going to feel messed up inside. And why is that, right? So I got to thinking, like, well, gosh, isn't that uh, a pretty, a pretty timeless human drama theme? It's like... You know how many, we always do that, right? Like, you know what? I'm going to be happier when I lose 20 pounds. I'm going to be happier when I meet the guy of my dreams, the girl of my dreams. I'll be happier when I get the career. I'll be happier when I have a child. I'll be happier when I get a divorce. I'll be happier. I'll be happier. I'll be better. I'll be complete. And as everybody knows who's lived on the planet long enough, is like, yeah, there's kind of a temporary high that comes from accomplishing stuff, and, uh, and then you, and then you're kind of stuck with who, with you, right? You're kind of back to who you were before the thing that you've accomplished. And then you start to go, well, is that all there is? And that's why people like the boyfriend backslide, right? He's like, fuck it. I just want to be fat. I just want to be happy. Well, not really happy truly because he's still fat and he hates being fat, but, um, and that's when we sabotage ourselves, right? Because we're like, what's the point? Screw it. I'm just going to be this way forever. What's the point? But I think what's really interesting is always the thing of, I'll feel better when I get. I'll feel better when I have. And surprisingly, uh, I know a girl who, who, <laughs> who was desperate to meet the guy, right? She was like, if I find, you know, I'm going to meet this guy. I just want love. I just want the family. I just want the life. And it, it's like the the harder you chase the thing you think is going to complete you, the, the farther that thing runs, right? That's the irony is like, I watched this girl. She was so sweet and she was pretty and she had everything going for her. She was fit. And she'd go on these dates. And from what I knew of her personality, I'm just guessing that she would really... You know, maybe seem desperate or just cling too much to this idealized version of this person. She'd meet people online and then they'd meet up, and it was like, you know, they tend to be disappointing encounters from what I understand because, I mean, they're fucking online strangers, who knows? But um, she would work herself up so much before the dates, right? Like, oh my God, this guy, this is the guy, this is the guy, he's so sweet, he's so sweet, he's so perfect, he's so handsome, he's so hot, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, it would, you know, disappoint or whatever. And it's like that desperate wanting of the, the thing that's going to complete me, that's when you really get screwed. I'll feel better when I have. And that's kind of the whole name, the, the fucking name of the, the game. Is that the name of the game? Am I talking right? Um, is to feel better without the thing. And that's the point of the overweight girl on that show and the the point of all of it is like you got to get to the place where you're okay without the thing you think will complete you and then miraculously and it does happen that thing shows up and I don't know (laughs) I don't know what voodoo that is and I don't know I don't know what you know the secret I don't know if that's what that is but I will tell you that the less you're actively Engaged in looking or doing that thing. I'm not saying you're not trying, but you're not as desperate for it to happen. Where, because what happens when you get desperate? Oh, God, I just want to fall in love. Why can't I find the fucking guy? God damn it, what did the guy? The more you cling, you're going to do things to sabotage that situation in a weird way because you'll overthink right you'll be like oh my god he hasn't called but what if i text and then he says have you ever noticed that like when you're just kind of you know you're not really focused on stuff too hard but you're just kind of being and you're just kind of like hey this is who i am let's do blah 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 you're just kind of floating in the and you're doing your thing how much more attractive you are to other people and to situations, and you don't you don't take it so heavily, it's not so heavy, it's not so imperative that it works out, and when you're lighter, the lighter the touch on things sometimes the more they tend to flow and that's the real secret the the trick i I mean at least in stand up, you know, I can't say I'm still learning with parenting, and I think having a second child has already let me kind of loosen the reins on my first one, cause, uh I don't know I mean. You can't you can't be as hyper vigilant and focused on the first when you're growing a second. It's just not physically possible, but uh but it's helped my relationship with my first, ironically, because I'm not as freaked out about being a mom. I'm not as freaked out because I physically am too fucking tired <laughs> to care <laughs> to care as much. Um that's not to say I don't meet his needs and take care of him. It's just saying my neurotic preoccupation as my therapist is my Maternal preoccupation, however normal and healthy that is, stays in check, so I don't end up, you know, being overbearing and annoying to my kid. But, um, but yeah, the preoccupation and the overkill and the overdue is how we sabotage a lot of shit in our lives. And also an addendum to so there's this other story of this actress who had a bad childhood, and she joins this guy for his uh, Thanksgiving celebration and they're a great family and they're happy and they have pumpkin pie and they have traditions and they watch movies. And it's exactly the Norman Rockwell thing that I think all of us more, you know, wanted growing up and this guy has it. He's that's it. That's his jam, right? But the actress shows up and she doesn't see the good stuff. She doesn't see the nice family and what a wonderful environment and how fun and look at the pumpkin pie and look at the turkey. Like she's complaining about her family to him, right? Uh, growing up, mom was drunk. Dad was screwing other people and Thanksgiving was miserable for me. Therefore, you know, that's the lens through which I'm seeing this holiday. And that also really got me thinking about this show because I think so much of at least my my message and my mission on this program and the reason I fucking do this show, uh, is to let people know, Hey, you're worth it. Okay. That, yeah, there's no reason not to like yourself. Okay. That that shit doesn't even come from you. That's wor- that's from outside source sources. Hey, you should love yourself because as RuPaul says, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? <laughs> RuPaul. Uh, but also, Hey, why not? <laughs> Why not like yourself? Uh you know, you're stuck with you your whole existence. You may as well have a good time and you may as well do you and do you uh properly and stop trying to hide. You know, for and I say this on this show, I've been told many years of my uh, stand-up career I should be sexier, hotter, I should show my tits, I shouldn't talk about deep stuff, I should be dumber, blah blah blah. And nah, uh, I'm not doing it. So <laughs> and I you know, anyways. The point being, this girl showed up at a Thanksgiving thing, and today is today, and she's still living in her past, right? And the past was bad, and so she's going to make the present bad uh, because that's what she knows, and that's the story. And that's the story of her life, and that's the story that's always going to be because she's not going to change it yet or whatever for whatever reason. So she, in essence, sabotages the good of today Because she's got this horrible story from yesterday running, right? And that's what fucks you up, is staying in the story, staying in um, who I was. Because, well, my family, we didn't enjoy Thanksgiving. Or my family, we didn't have money. Or my family, we didn't hug. Or my family, we didn't do this. Or I was beaten. Or I was blah, 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 blah. And then you carry that into your adult life and you recreate the same shit. The same shit that you had growing up. And you do it unconsciously, which kind of stinks. Uh, but uh, but you do. And I'm here to tell you that. There's, there's a way out. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it some days, but there's a way not to. And I advocate therapy every episode of this show. Get your life now. I got this wonderful uh, spreadsheet in the in the from Julie. Excuse me. Um, I am going to put it up on that dot It's a link to uh, every state. It's uh, mental health resources for people who are on a budget and need to get their lives. So um, it's. I am going to put it up. You can look at it. You can find a therapist on a sliding scale in your state, in your neighborhood, in your region. Uh, There's another resource that came in, too. Let me see. I think this is the one. Oh, yeah. An online community for people who suffer from attachment issues. I'm going to put this up, too. There's so many uh, resources, too. I, I advocate full therapy. I don't think that a substitute is enough. It's not enough to watch somebody's YouTube channel. It's not enough to listen to this podcast. It's not enough to read books you got to get in with a shrink that you trust and you like and stay with it and stay with it for a while to undo all that negative bullshit. But in the meantime, just know that you're not your color, you're not your gender, you're not your abuse, you're not your trauma, you're not, uh, you're not your hair color, you're not your socioeconomic thing, you're not the station you were born into in this, uh, in this world. Okay. You're not destined to be who you were at seven years old. (laughs) Did you know that? Uh, I hope you do now because it's the one thing, it's the one thought that really changed my mind. And I see people suffering needlessly um, over and over in their adult lives because they're trapped in their story. They're trapped in the story of, I grew up without X, Y, and Z, and I can't be happy now. Or I'm so flawed. Because this happened to me I'm so damaged I can't I can't have relationships I'm too damaged I'm too this and that It's like well uh, You know hey we, You did have horrible shit happen But did you know that If you process those feelings That you can like Maybe get over them Not all the time Some people are too traumatized Some people are But But did you know that Likely you could And maybe you can make a new decision And maybe you could Maybe you can get better I don't know Maybe, maybe you can try So there you go That's what I wanted to share with you guys The show is called This Is Us It's pretty great It's a pretty interesting show It's very nice Very nice Okay (laughs) Let's see There's some really great email I have so many to get into And I fucking wish I I had another five hours But that's okay This is good, this is good I'm gonna start here This one came in (laughs) This one makes me laugh Um And and as a married person You're gonna like You're gonna like this one So (laughs) uh, This one came in from a lady Named Becky Becky Becky, Becky, Becky Okay She's asking me what the line between Being a wife and a mommy is Right, okay she goes, uh, it's a very confusing area. It's a very frustrating thing to go through trying to validate your role as a wife and where to draw the line. A lot of men say they don't want to be momed, but I have found something very interesting. A lot of guys actually do. My husband has thrown the line, thanks mom, which typically follows with a nervous laughter because I am Irish and I don't find shit like that funny. He's Italian, so you can imagine... The tempers we throw, I don't know what that means, but I don't need a mom anymore, thanks. Yeah, I. okay, so here's what's happening. I've been asked to pack his sandwich for lunch along with making school lunches for my children. She has two children, and the husband is asking to pack a sandwich for him. Okay, my husband started his job as an electrician, It was then that he asked I start making his sandwiches. It felt weird to me and it annoyed me because I'm already dreading that daily task of packing lunches. So to throw another one on me felt like I had all of a sudden adopted another child. There's no special thing he does for me on the daily. So what the hell? However, I also know that in that line of work, a lot of the wives pack uh, their dude's lunch. Mine just wanted to be like his crowd. So whatever, I get it. Sandwich is made. I make my own lunch. But lately, he started taking my sandwich and not the one I made for him. I had to let him know that his will always be on the top shelf in the fridge, refusing the idea that I would write his name on it to avoid any sort of confusion. That seemed fucking overboard unhealthy. His response confirmed the icky feeling I get from packing his sandwich. His response Quote, getting out, cell, and preparing for the icky feeling. Oh, sorry, force of habit. Mine were always on the bottom shelf as a kid. I'll try to do better. <laughs> so she writes, she's upset. She goes, this man is 40. Before me, I'm pretty sure there was at least 30 plus years in where no woman, no woman was packing his lunches. How is that a force of habit from something that happened over 30 years ago? And why does he revert to being a boy by me making his sandwiches he did once tell me that when i had forgotten to pack his sandwich a few times he felt neglected as what i didn't ask i just shook my head because what the fuck so i already think it's unhealthy i'm packing a grown man's sandwich even if it's my husband's i'm pretty sure that just me getting carried away with the idea after all it's just a fucking sandwich i can handle it it's the emotional response He receives, by me doing it, that really fucks with me. I want to be a wife and married to a man, not a mom married to her son. Yuck, what did I just type? I've given this a lot of thought, and the opposite of him feeling neglected is by me making a sandwich for lunch, being a mom to him. Because that makes him feel loved and taken care of. Why can I not be the wife that makes the husband sandwich? I don't even pack the rest of his lunch. It's just a sandwich. He gets everything else together. So it's not like I've made the lunch, bagged it, kissed his forehead and said on his way. However, I feel like the role of wife to mother is dangling back and forth over my head. Okay, I'm definitely bringing this up with him because his response this morning turned my stomach. Just wanted to know your thoughts on why men are so strongly against wives trying to mom them. Yet when they want that same kind of mom treatment to pop in and out throughout the day, and how much is too much? How healthy is it or not? Is it just me? <laughs> okay. Okay, Becky. Okay. Yeah. So you got a guy, a husband who works as an electrician, you say, right? Electrician. Sorry, I was making sure. And in his work, the wives generally pack the lunches. So in that, in his world, for him to show up with a sandwich from his beloved wife, is a symbol of love and of caregiving and it probably fucking makes his day, honestly. And I'm sure the guys go back and forth over what the wife made them or didn't do right or whatever. It's probably a cultural thing for him. And it's funny because this kind of email, (laughs) this is the essence of marriage, right? We get annoyed with each other over seemingly banal things like sandwiches. But the truth is, I don't know why you're so triggered by him, um, by nurturing him, you know, uh, because like, here's the truth. Here's here's my opinion on this, right? In a marriage, uh, a relationship, whatever, you care for that other person. You do things that you know are important to them and you show them you love them in the ways they value, okay? For instance, um, you might be dating somebody or married to somebody who the way that they like sh- having their affection shown to them is by hugging. So they want a lot of hugs. So the more you hug them, the better they feel, the better the wheels are greased in the relationship and happier everyone is. Now, if if the guy likes to be hugged, but you're buying him gifts, that's not going to work. He doesn't give a shit about gifts. He gives a shit about hugs. So as a wife, as a husband, as a whatever, as a decent spouse, as a decent friend, as a decent relationship person, you kind of want to do things that show the other person you care. And for him, the little sandwich, the two pieces of bread and the meat and the cheese that you're throwing together for this guy along with your kid's lunch means the world to him. Maybe you should write his fucking name on it And maybe you should put a little heart on it And love him And let him know that he's number one And you're asking Well, okay, here's the thing And I get it Sometimes we get resentful on the little stuff Now, why do we get resentful on the little shit? Because somewhere in the marriage There's a bigger resentment, right? But it's getting taken out on the sandwiches It's not about the fucking sandwich We know that I don't know where in your marriage The resentment lies Is it in You feel like you're overwhelmed With taking care of the kids And him asking for something on top of you having to make lunches for the kids feels like he's putting you out. Is he not pulling his weight at home? I don't know. I can't, I don't know. I can't speculate because I fucking don't know. But it sounds like there's a resentment somewhere else in the sandwiches being the victim here. (laughs) Now, you say that he does nothing for you daily. I'd say that getting his ass up and going to work as an electrician to support the family is doing something personally and i think a lot of women we get trapped in the caregiving of the the children and the home and the groceries and and we work too i don't know if you work i don't know if you're a stay at home mom but uh, <coughs> but we forget that you know getting up going to do a job every day sucks too now if you're both working full time and you're both caring for the kids and then yeah, he needs to pick up a little more of the slack if that's the thing. But if you are a stay-at-home mom, what he's contributing is work and doing it every day, regardless of how he feels, of what's happening. Like, I, I mean, I remember when Ellis was born and my husband had to, you know, had to, he wanted to, Go and do the road that first year. And it was brutal on both of us because I was a new mother and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But he was sick, you know, and he was still getting up and doing the road. And it's like, fuck. I just remember being like, How does he get to leave? Why does he get to? (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's like, uh, I got to stay home and just be with our kid. And that was rad. And I think when couples don't feel appreciated, when everybody's role doesn't feel appreciated, that's when we get upset about the little stuff, you know? So, uh, yeah. We have to appreciate everybody's respective role in the family. And men especially, they're really identified with work. Culturally. I don't know, it's not every man, but I know culturally that work is a huge part of their identity. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, And yeah, just make the fucking sandwich because you know it makes him happy. And in terms of mommying people, yeah, I will say there's a line that's really gross. Like I said earlier about loving people and the the way in which they prefer it. So, okay, so where's the line? Personally, it's the line that you're comfortable with. So for instance, um, if you don't want to do his laundry... That feels like mom stuff to me personally. Don't fucking do it. He does his own. Um, If it doesn't bother you to do his laundry, do his laundry for him. That's a loving, sweet thing to do. Uh, You know, and in in exchange, he does whatever (laughs) he's doing for you. Cooking, I, you know, I like to cook. I like to bake. I love all that stuff to me. That's how I show my kid and my husband I love them. But I think, again, it's in terms of what um, what your husband prefers as... And I don't see it as mommying, personally. I see it as caregiving. I see it as showing love. Because the way in which I take care of Ellis is different than the way in which I care for my husband. Um, you know, but do I make sure that my husband looks great when he leaves the house and he doesn't look ridiculous in his outfit? Yeah. Do make sure that he's not wearing... Um, You know a gray shirt and gray pants and gray shoes and looks crazy. Yeah But there's also a line where you do have to maintain the man's dignity, right? Uh, Don't go overboard if it feels overboard, then it's probably overboard. I don't iron his shirts Because I know that would make me resentful. It just would I'd be like, why am I doing this? I am not your slave but I do things that are that I know he enjoys, and that are in both of our comfort zones. And I think you feel like a mom if you go overboard. If it's overboard for you, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, and truth be told, you look—you're halfway there with making this guy's world. As far as I know, uh, any red-blooded American male, their priorities are sandwiches and sex. That's it, dude. Uh, and that's, you know, Hey, is that a, uh, over Yeah, of course. Don't, don't email me telling me how, well, my husband likes painting and classical music. Yeah, I know your husband's different. Most American dudes, uh, sandwiches and sex. Okay. Put stuff in his belly and pull on his donger every now and then. And your marriage should be fine, seriously And in exchange, he gets his ass up and he goes and he works and he brings home money Sorry, does that sound old school? (laughs) Well, it is It is old school And I'll tell you something, man I'm all women's lib I'm all feminist as fuck But I work too He works too I just know how the world is Society is There's some stuff that's pretty fucking timeless. A man needs to feel uh, like he's contributing to the the house or that's his domain, right? He's got money. The woman needs to feel like she's in charge of the house, okay? I'll tell you what, uh, women rule the roost. The woman is actually the powerhouse of the household, right? If mom's unhappy, the whole fucking thing breaks down. We know this. So you're actually in a position of great power, Whenever you feel like, hey, I'm just some stay-at-home mom or maybe I'm not working, I don't feel... Let me tell you something. You're the powerhouse. You're the center of the home. You, you're the, the head of the fish, whatever they say. You set the tone, man. Believe it or not, because the reason he gets up and he works every day is because he loves you and he loves your kids. And men, when they're attached to you and they love you, they will go to the ends of the earth for you. If they're a good man... And I believe that and that's why I take care of my husband because I, I believe that I I believe that. They're both if you guys are both in it, you're both good people and you're doing it right, like you should honor each other. Make the fucking sandwich and you you know what you do tomorrow? You make the fucking sandwich, you give him a bag of chips, and you draw a fucking heart on the thing and you tell him how much you love him and how much you appreciate that he goes and he does his job every day, and I guarantee you're gonna have a a whole new man on your hands because when you're happy, they're happy. That's the truth. Sounds old as school as fuck. It is. It's from the 1950s, but it works, and it's the truth. If you're happy, they're happy. That's all they want. That's all they want. And if you're miserable, they're miserable. It's uh, it's it's a great it's a great responsibility actually being the mom, the matriarch of the house, <laughs> and I take that shit very seriously. <laughs> I do. I take it very seriously. Now, am I June Cleaver all the time? No. Do I go do my shit sometimes? Yes. I'm not perfect at it, but I do know that there's certain things you got to do to to keep people happy, to keep the the machine going, man. You got to cook every now and then. Got to take care of each other. He's not the enemy, Kids are the enemy, remember that You guys are allies, it's the kids that are the enemy (laughs) Always remember that It's you two against those damn kids Not the other way around And the happier you guys are The happier the kids are going to be too Don't forget that Ask him for what you want By the way, women are notoriously poor communicators That's a societal thing, man you know that story that came out about Aziz. I'm not saying what he did was right, but the girl was like, I kept giving him subtle cues that it wasn't. It's like, why don't you just say, "Fucking stop, fuck off, I'm out." And I'm not victim blaming. Blah, don't don't even do it. Save yourself. Save yourself from the PC horse shit. Don't email me. The point is, if women are taught to uh, communicate their needs more effectively to the the the. Uh, they're not afraid of being uh, unlikable. God damn it. We're so programmed to be terrified of not being liked. God forbid we're unlikable. Maybe my husband will be upset for a minute when I communicate this need. Who fucking cares? He'll get over it. (coughs) I don't want to get over shit. Tell him what you need in exchange for the sandwich. What do you, what is it that you'd like? Again, people have love, love currency, right? There's some stupid book out there. I, fr- I even forget Love Style. I don't know. Talks about this. Now, for me, I don't give a fuck about gifts. If you buy me a gift, I don't care, I'm not mater- I'm not oriented that way. I'm not really. Uh, into you know the watch Whatever bracelets or it's Nice it's wonderful and I appreciate that But it's to me there's other ways I'm just not wired that way so find Out what it is that you need from him to feel Appreciated and demand it ask For it I guarantee you he's going to be thrilled to Do it for you because once a guy Finds out how to make you happy oh my God they'll go to the ends of the earth To do it over and over again they're like Little boys they'll do it again Yeah Yeah yeah, Becky. All right. <sighs> what else do I have? I got so many good ones here. So fucking many good ones. Um, oh, this is another family question. I don't want to do that. Sorry, guys. I know this is annoying. Hold on. I'm going to pause it while I look. Okay. I love this one. So let's do career stuff. Hi, mommy. Uh, I'm going to be 30 years old this year and I work a very easy but unsatisfying job in retail for as long as I can remember. I have struggled with depression and anxiety, which has made it very hard to go after what I feel like deserve in life. Somehow I made it through college twice. Holy shit. And received two diplomas for careers. I never pursued due to existential crises and not believing in my own abilities. Last year, I took it into my own hands to get my life. I quit my 12-year habit of smoking weed, got engaged to my longtime girlfriend, got into therapy, good, Um, to discover what I thought was my calling in life, voiceover. I have degrees in media as well as broadcasting and while in college was asked by many people to lend my voice to projects and really loved it. Before his untimely death to cancer, one of my former professors was even letting me shadow his colleagues, and I believe that I could be a serious voiceover artist. I went and had a vo demo made back into September. Since then, I have not been able to get the balls together to send out my demo and really get my life. I have a massive fear of failing at what I could uh, oh uh, what I feel could be my last hope for a good life does my lack of going after what I thought was my dream mean that I don't want it enough or do I still have a chance at getting past my fears and going for this? Could I be doomed to a life of retail and very unsatisfying work? Okay. Listen, 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 listen. Okay. So you've gotten very far. You've gotten far and you're just afraid because you're embarking on the thing you really want. Remember what I said in the very beginning of the show, Sometimes the thing we want so much, this is going to complete me if I become a voiceover artist. This is all I want. This is all I want. If I get this, then I'm going to be perfect. Everything's going to be great, right? When we cling so tightly, we don't take the action that we should take because we're so afraid of it not working out. Because if this doesn't work out, I'm going to be unhappy. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be anxious again. And I don't want that to happen. So I'm just not going to try. And if I don't try, then I can't fail. And if I can't fail, I won't be sad. And if I won't be sad, then I'm going to be anxious. It's a whole thing, right? So... Instead of looking at it as like, this is the only thing I want to do with my life. I just want to be a voiceover. Just relax a little. Just take a step back and go, hey, I've got some other good stuff going in my life, right? Because you can't put all your eggs in the career basket. That's really unhealthy. You go, look, I got this fucking fiance. Hey, that's kind of cool, right? Quit smoking the dope. Good. I'm in therapy. Awesome. And uh, I've got a pretty good foothold into this voiceover thing why don't I just give this a shot you know what I mean take the pressure off off this being the end-all be-all to your existence because who knows dude let me tell you that you can end up getting all the jobs and you could still fucking hate it so it's really not like crazy crazy it's not going to complete you <laughs> even when you do get the thing you want in life it's not going to complete you it's not going to do anything it's just another thing in your life. Take the pressure off. And, um, by the way, did you know that all this stuff you want to do in life, you totally, most of the time can, if you have some fucking talent. <laughs> so, uh, you do want it. It's not that you don't want it. It's that you want it too much and you're afraid of failure. And, um, Oh, man, there's a great book about failing. It's called Failing Forward. Failing Forward is the name of the book, and I highly recommend reading it. For those of us that have crippling fear of failure, and who doesn't? It's a very hard one to get over. It's very, very... It takes years of Jedi uh, mastery to not fear failure. It really is (laughs) crippling. Read it. Uh, Failing Forward. I don't know who wrote it, but... Look that fucking title up. Read it. It puts a new perspective. <coughs> excuse me on failure. Uh, yeah, and, and, and don't put so much pressure on it. It's just a fucking gig. <laughs> They're all fucking gigs. You're all you're all gonna be part of the rat race. Don't worry about it. Even if it's something that sounds like super amaze, it's uh, it's all it's all the rat race, guys. <laughs> But You're going to do great Just go for it bro Just fucking do it Because you're going to die Remember that? You're going to fucking die You're going to die one day Okay Now let's get into some um, Interesting one Hi Christina Love the show Thank you um, Emailing to ask your advice and feedback About an issue I'm dealing with I'm having trouble Dealing with accepting myself It's embarrassing for me to even open up And admit this But I like being tickled I have trouble opening up to people about this because the few times I have, I'm severely ridiculed and made to feel odd or weird for enjoying this. It's to the point where I've even started paying people to help me out with this because for some reason, I think people would only be willing to do this by offering payment, which turns into this ugly cycle of me hating myself and questioning what's wrong with me for liking this or going, uh, going to these measures to get this met anyway, I know that's probably a lot to take in and cover, but just wanted to give you the whole picture. Thanks for your time. Sincerely. Uh, Let's call you S. Okay. S believe it or not, this is not that crazy to me. Uh, I lived in San Francisco in the nineties where gay dudes were butt fucking in the streets. I have seen naked men on unicycles. I have uh, been to the exotic erotic ball. I've seen it all. Number one, I would recommend you listen to the Savage Love podcast. Dan Savage speaks quite frequently, frequently and openly about what I'm assuming you're talking about is a kink. I'm assuming by you saying that you like being tickled, you don't just mean in, you know, a childish way. I'm assuming you mean it's connected to being aroused sexually. So... Listen to Dan Savage, the Savage Love podcast. He has so many episodes dealing with fetish, kinks, whatever it is that you're into, and he will explain to you why you are not a freak. And you will also feel less alone because so many people on that show write in with the exact similar, you know, same if not similar um, stuff. There are people that like wearing plastic raincoats. There are people who like feet. There are people who get off on fucking nail polish smells, people who get off on all kinds of things materials, fabrics. It is actually really common it is it is very common and i uh, I don't know your age. I'm assuming you're younger because it, it feels probably very heavy for you to have this inclination and you know it's new, whatever. Uh, but go, you know, listen to the show. Like I said, the Savage Love Podcast, you're going to feel less alone because there's a lot of people into a lot of varied things. And I would say you're actually one of the lucky few that have discovered something about themselves, like that, um, you know, you're able to get immense pleasure from something that is a not dangerous, uh, you know... <laughs> B, if you were to be in a committed relationship with somebody, kind of not a hard thing to ask for. It's very easy to accommodate this particular, um, I guess, fetish. I guess we could call it that thing that you're interested in. So be really, I would be very thankful because some people have fetishes that are very messy, unhygienic, dangerous. Even people like to drink blood or be, you know, um, have people take dumps on them or drink breast milk or have their diapers changed. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not that those things are wrong, but they are messy and, um, and less easy to accommodate. And I guarantee Stephen Stephen, S. Sorry. Did I say her name? Uh, S that, uh, the man or woman or whoever you're, whatever you're into, uh, once you establish rapport with that person and you were to ask them for this thing, I don't, I can't imagine them turning you down because it's a pretty great one to accommodate. So you're very lucky in that way. But yeah, I imagine it is kind of uh, shameful and scary to, to tell other people. And I wouldn't just tell other people. Of course, yeah, wait until you're in some kind of a... Uh, Mutually respected, respectful, whatever Situation before you bring up Hey, uh, P.S. I'm also into this thing This thing, which really In the grand scheme of things Not a big deal, trust me Because I've fucking met some Real humdingers in my day Oh, I wanted to actually add an addendum To that email about the voiceover guy Um, and just in general about, you know, going for big dreams and achieving everything you can. And I will say this, um, going for your dreams and achieving stuff that's hard. Um, it's just that (laughs) it's really hard and you're going to have ups and downs and you're going to have extreme moments of self doubt where you want to quit. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's time consuming and it's stressful And quite honestly, not for everybody, not for everybody in this lifetime. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with not being (laughs) a multimillionaire and not pursue, you don't have to pursue the big career, the big thing. Some, for some people in this life, what they're doing is plenty. So I don't want anybody listening to this to think that like, you all, everybody has to go for their dreams and do it. No, no. Cause I'll tell you something. It, that's just a path. It's another path you choose and it's full of its own anxieties and, and tribulations. So you're asking me, should you go after a career thing? Yeah, you should. If it's, but on the other hand, if you have a decent life, that's satisfying in other regards, maybe not in this life. Maybe not because you sacrifice a lot. You sacrifice a lot to become successful at what you do. And, You know, um, I missed out on a lot of stuff pursuing comedy. I missed out on my twenties. I didn't, I mean, I did stuff, but I'm saying that, you know, there were holidays I wasn't here for. There were parties I wasn't here for. There were, you know, many normal things that I uh, gladly gave up to pursue standup comedy. So just so you know, you just kind of pick and choose your lane and you stick to it. But for me, my personality, I didn't mind foregoing all the regular things people were doing. I deferred having children till later in life for that reason for stand-up and whatever. But I'm a lunatic who for me the struggle of it was well worth the sacrifice, right? Like I love the I love stand-up comedy so much that it wasn't really a sacrifice. Um and you have to love the process of whatever it is you're doing. You have to love eating shit every fucking day, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, and, and grinding out the work. It's really about the work. It's never about the uh, the rewards. So there you go. Not everybody has to uh, pursue the fucking American dream. Um, that's another self-help guru bullshit where they tell you everybody should be accomplishing their highest potential. It's like, no. Nah, not really. Not always. Not in this life. For some people, um, just living comfortably and cruising along until they die is absolutely a great fucking choice. So there you go. All right, kiddos. Email me, that's podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for downloading this episode. And I will um we'll talk again, bros. Until next week. That's been Debro. Now what? I don't know. No. Philosophize, Philosophize with, with. Philosophize Philosophize with. with.